Air Jordan hybrids. Not something really talked about in mainstream sneaker culture. So of course, we're going to talk about it this time on Fire Footwear. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Fire Footwear. As always, this is your host, Matt Freitz. I want to welcome you if you are a first-time listener or watcher, or if you are returning. I just want to welcome everybody here to this community. It continues to grow, and I get a lot of joy out of seeing that. So I want to thank everybody who is here for the first time, second time, third time, whatever time. I'm just happy that you're here and happy that you continue to support this show in the way that you do. It means a lot to me. So Air Jordan hybrids, you're probably thinking to yourself, what a random topic. Why would he talk about something like this that we almost never hear anything about in sneaker culture today? If I can peel back the curtain a little bit for you, one of the things I like to do with this show is I like to try and present topics that maybe aren't being talked about within mainstream sneaker culture, because I believe that we have been conditioned to think a certain way about the culture and to consume the culture in a very specific way that buys into the hype, that makes us believe that we need to be doing sneaker culture or living through sneaker culture the way that other people live through sneaker culture. It's not always the way that it needs to be. I believe that there are alternative perspectives that we should be thinking about. One thing I try to do is not just bring up a topic for the topic's sake or try to bring up a topic just to be anti or counter culture. One thing that's important is that the topics continue to build on each other or they have some semblance of connectivity to each other. And last week we talked about sneaker icons and I mentioned a few names. I did not mention all the names. One of the names that I left out, and when I think about it, it might have been a Freudian slip that I almost intentionally did without realizing it, is I left out Spike Lee. And Spike Lee is a really important person in the lineage and the history of sneaker culture. And when I got to thinking about how could I reintroduce Spike Lee to this show and to you as the audience, I realized that there was a topic that I could do to connect it all. And it's a topic that has come out recently in that they have announced one of the most famous Jordan hybrids is returning to the sneaker space in 2024. And so I thought, let's do an episode about the Jordan hybrid because it really is a road less traveled by much of mainstream sneaker culture. If I'm being honest with you, and no matter whether you're watching on YouTube or listening at home, I believe that most of the Jordan hybrids are seen as less than by a vast majority of sneaker culture. I even will admit to you that when I think of these random Jordan hybrids or random Air Jordans, I think of them for really lame white people. And I will tell you, if you're listening and you don't have a clue that I'm white, I sometimes can be a lame white person. I think that that's not that weird to say. I mean, I grew up as a white guy in a non-diverse area of the country in Rhode Island. Yes, there were obviously minorities, but I was not exposed to many different cultures growing up the way that other people did. It just really depended on where you lived. As I have gotten older, I've been more exposed to those cultures and by extension have become less lame and less white. But there always are going to be times where I am lame and white. It just is. But I think that it would be doing a disservice to the real lineage of Air Jordans by not mentioning some of the hybrids that have come over the past 40 years that really have made an impact on the culture. Many of them are no longer around anymore because the way that sneaker culture works today, Air Jordans and Nike Dunks rule the day. Now that Yeezy has moved on and is 
basically in the grave at this point, Jordans and Dunks are just going to continue to rule the space. And while other brands like New Balance have their moments in the sun, I think that Jordan brand and Nike are just going to continue because they have the longevity and they have the lineage to go along with it. And until something really craters and people just do not care about Air Jordans, it matters. And so I think that Jordan hybrids also matter because now sneaker companies, and I'm looking at Nike specifically, are trying to find ways to re-engage sneaker culture. Recently, the Air Jordan 1 Royal Reimagined released, and I will tell you that from a sales perspective, it was kind of a flop if you're looking at it from Nike's perspective. And so if that was a flop, and they were unable to capture the nostalgia of an OG colorway, albeit reimagined, then they're going to have to go into the vault to try and find silhouettes that people actually care about. And they brought one to light. And it is probably the most famous Jordan hybrid of all time. And we're going to start there because I mentioned Spike Lee. Why is Spike Lee important to sneaker culture? Spike Lee is important to sneaker culture because of one name, Mars Blackman. And that was a character that was in the movie She's Gotta Have It. And why was Mars Blackman a popular character? Well, because Mars Blackman was in commercials with Michael Jordan for the Air Jordan 3, stemming from that movie. A few years later, in the movie that sprung Spike Lee to the pantheon of directors and has made him one of the most famous and successful directors that we've ever seen, there was a scene in which Giancarlo Esposito, yes, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad, was in a scene wearing Air Jordans. I believe they were the Jordan 4 white cements and he got them stepped on and scuffed. And that was a very famous scene to the point that it is so famous that Nike released a version of those Jordan 4s with the scuffs and all of the markings that came within that movie. That was a Spike Lee movie, and that sent Spike Lee into the stratosphere and ultimately made him connected with sneaker culture forever. When you're in a commercial with Michael Jordan, you are part of the lineage of sneakers forever. And maybe I even erred by thinking that he wasn't on the Mount Rushmore. And yes, he hasn't designed a ton of sneakers like the people that I mentioned last time. And maybe that's an error in my thinking. But this hybrid that is coming out in 2024 is the Air Jordan Spizike. Now, that's a really strange name to say, and I'm probably saying it like a lame white person. But if you go and look it up, if you've Googled it, and it is here on the screen with me if you're watching on YouTube, it has a lot of elements of Air Jordans that I am almost positive many people in sneaker culture can see and identify very, very quickly. The wings from the Jordan 4, the tongue from the Jordan 6, the elephant print and the outsole of the Jordan 3, the Jordan 5 collar, the ankle collar. You can see many of the elements of some of the OG silhouettes in the Jordan lineage, and right there it gives you that nostalgia. And of course, they're going to try to continue to tap into that nostalgia by giving us updated colorways of the Jordan Spizike from 2024 and on. And my guess is that if they hit a home run with it, they're just going to continue to run with it. But that's a Jordan hybrid that many people probably know. But depending on how old you are and depending on how long you have been in this culture, if it's only been a few years, we haven't seen a release of that in how long? And so you probably have no idea what that is. I consider that one of the most famous Jordan hybrids, and it is because of its association to Spike Lee. So that's one that you should look up because we're going to be seeing, I think, a lot of colorways may be very similar to the Air Pennies in that they're trying to tap into something that's going to continue to give them vein. 
Another one to look up is the Jordan Dub Zero. Now this one's fascinating because it has different elements of I think like six or eight different Air Jordan models. And they're all the Jordan models that Tinker Hatfield designed. So I think unintentionally it ended up being an homage to Tinker Hatfield. I don't think that it was meant to be that because in the marketing and lead up and everything since, they haven't really made mention to it. But if you look at the Jordan silhouettes that are involved in the design of that shoe or the elements that you can see on the design of that shoe, we're talking about the Air Jordan 4, the Air Jordan 6, the Air Jordan 11, the Air Jordan 12, 13, 15, and 20. There's many elements of many silhouettes on that shoe. And to me, it kind of makes a little bit of a jumbled mess. But when it was released in 2005, it really was a big deal. And I believe it was also the first Jordan hybrid ever to be released by Jordan brand. So it has that going for it. While it's not as popular as the Spizike, it is something that people I think identify to. I just think personally it has way too much going on and it gets into some of those silhouettes that many people have forgotten about, most specifically the 20. I haven't seen many people talking about the 20s, but I do believe that the 20s have some nostalgia factor in the culture because of how old they are at this point. I think that's just always going to happen. Another one that you see sold today still are the Jordan 6 rings and you see that they have elements of the 6, 7, 8, the 11, the 12, the 13. A lot of those, I call them like the mid-level Jordan models. And I say that because they are after the models that people really gravitate toward in the culture today. So you got one through five, I think, whenever there's a collaboration or some type of a real fire colorway of a Jordan one through five, I think they usually sell pretty well. Six is when they started looking more and more like a 90s basketball shoe. And while nostalgia is in today, when you take all of those elements and put them on one shoe, it can kind of look like a jumbled mess, much like the Jordan Dub Zero. The Jordan 6 rings, though, seem to sell pretty well, but it depends on who you ask as to whether they like them as far as an all-time silhouette for a Jordan hybrid is concerned. But they still sell them, so clearly Nike thinks that there is a market for them, and therefore, if they're still continuing to sell and continuing to make Nike money, they mean something to the culture in some way, shape, or form. I'm not sure what section of the culture, but hey, what I believe is that if you can get your hands on something that looks like an OG silhouette or that gives you that same feel when you put it on your feet, go ahead and buy it, go ahead and wear it because that's all that matters. How they make you feel when they're on your feet. Doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks, does it? There's of course the Jordan Fusion series, which was an interesting one because it took many of the old silhouettes and put the Air Force One outsole on the bottom of them with the upper of whatever was the appropriate Jordan model of what they were going for. So you have the Jordan 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 12, I believe 11, 13 maybe, even 20. And if you imagine some of these silhouettes with the upper of them, some of these classic uppers, like the Air Jordan 3, for instance, and then you put an Air Force One bottom of them. Now, the Air Force One outsole is very dated, in my opinion, because it's very chunky. It very much is dated to a very specific time in fashion, a very specific time in sneakers. Hell, even before the Air Jordan was created. So it really harkens back to a time that is much different than today. Now, Chunky had its moment in the sun recently. I think we're kind of getting away from that a little bit. So if you imagine this, it kind of is weird because you look at these Jordan silhouettes, you recognize them, you love them, you want to buy it, but they look a little bit off because they're taking another shoe's outsole and putting it on there. And some of them look better than others. So I think that it was well-intended in trying to fuse the histories of both the Air Force One and the Air Jordan model together. But I think it fell flat in a lot of ways. And so you don't see those out very often. But that was one that I came across in my research. And I saw a lot 
of people kind of hammering the fact that they even existed. But I bet you today, if they tried to do something like that, which we'll get to in a minute, they might actually be able to do something and make it a little bit more to the times today. So we'll see if that actually comes up in the roadmap for Nike, because I think it's going to depend on how some of these hybrids that have a pull nostalgia-wise are going to do, and if Nike's going to try to jump on as many of these avenues and veins as possible. Of course, there is the Jordan .5 team series, which is interesting. This was another one that was interesting because they had the Jordan 2.5, the Jordan 9.5, the Jordan 13.5. And then we have the Jordan 11 CMFT. Now, they did other models of this, but most recently I've seen the Jordan 11 CMFT released, and it kind of has the Air Jordan 11 low look, but with Air Max cushioning and technology. And I actually think that's pretty neat. One of the complaints that I've had about the retros of all of these classic Jordan models is they continue to give us that old technology within the old tooling. It's 2023, folks. We need to have more comfortable tooling because I know that they can do it Every single year that they come out with basketball shoes, whether they're player editions or the new Air Jordans, they have updated technology on them. And you would say, yeah, but people ball in those. Who cares? I walk around in these all the time. I can't get a little bit of cushion. I can't get a little bit of comfort. And so I think the CMFT series is kind of aiming to give us that. And for that, I have to give Nike some credit. But I think they've mostly stuck to the Jordan 11 because I believe that when you look at the Jordan 11 CMFT, it still gives you that Jordan 11 low vibe. It doesn't have the classic look of the Jordan 11 low, of course, but when they release some of the OG colorways of it, like the Conquers, it still has that flair. It doesn't give you the same feel as the Six Rings, which doesn't quite feel like a high top Jordan 11, but I believe that the CMFT is getting to the point of it's kind of hitting that nostalgia. It has the comfort going for it, and I think enough people feel a certain way about it that it's going to continue to be a part of the Nike lineage, not all the time. But we may see a new colorway every year, maybe even every two years. And for a Jordan hybrid, that's actually pretty good. And now we get to my favorite Jordan hybrid. Now, I do own a pair of these, and they're the Jordan 312. And these are actually connected to last episode because I mentioned Don C. And this is a nod to the Chicago basketball culture back in the day. Don C obviously has a huge influence in Chicago streetwear, huge influence in sneakers. And they created the 312, from what I understand, was out of his image. Now, I love this because they take the Jordan 1, the Jordan 3, and the Air Alpha Force, which they just recently started releasing colorways of. And that was a shoe that I believe Michael Jordan wore one time in a game. And now again, they're tapping into these different nostalgia veins, trying to find something that works. And this shoe took all three of these things and put them together. A lot of people did not like the execution of it, and I can understand it. Because when you look at it, it definitely has a 90s vibe to it. However, I think that many of the colorways that they've come out with have actually been really, really good. They had a Rookie of the Year colorway that I actually owned at one point. It was great. It was mimicking the Jordan 1 Rookie of the Year. And while it wasn't perfect, it did have that vibe. And I actually thought it was really good. I'm kind of sad that I sold them. The one I did keep is the one that is designed after the shoes in White Men Can't Jump. And on the tongue, it says Just Don on it now. When this shoe released, Don C kind of pulled himself away from these shoes because I think what happened is that many people in the culture said, no, these are not very good. But I think that they've lasted because they continue to put out low top versions of these, even in like a Chicago colorway. That means that the culture loves them in some way, shape or form. The high tops were great. The low tops are still great. And I think that they're actually a better shoe that has aged well over time. Maybe they were a few years ahead of themselves when they first started releasing in 2018. But now that they've been on the shelves for a while, people have had a chance to put them into their rotation. 
I think that they're getting a lot more love. That's my favorite Jordan hybrid. I always will keep that pair. I will run it into the ground. And if they ever have any other good releases of them, other good colorways, I will definitely purchase because I think that they are really awesome. And to me, they tap into a nostalgia for something. I love a good strap on a shoe. I don't know why. I do. I love the Air Trainers. I love the Yeezy 2s. I just love them because they have a Velcro strap around them. And so the 312 hits me personally because of that fact. And I think it's awesome. I really do. Jordan hybrids have a place in the culture, and not just because they're connected to Spike Lee. They have a place in the culture because people like them. People can look at them and find elements about them that they feel a certain way about. They feel nostalgic about. And for that, I think that they're awesome. And I think that they're worth looking into. If you've never heard of a Jordan hybrid, if you would never think that you'd be caught dead in a Jordan hybrid, start Googling them. Start looking on Goat and Stock X, and you'll be able to find some fire shoes and be able to put them into your rotation. And speaking of your rotation, release of the week where I like to take a shoe that has caught my eye and give it to you, the Fire Footwear family. Whether I think that it's hype or not, it doesn't matter. The whole point is I saw it, I like it, and I want you to know about it because there are so many shoes that come out and I just think it's very, very easy to miss them. Now, I want you to know, one of my favorite Nike Dunk Low SBs of all time is the tweed colorway from way, 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 way back. They're very hard to find now. If you want to find a wearable pair, it's pretty much impossible. The shoe is old enough now that you will not be able to find a wearable pair. If you have one and you buy one, it is 100% to collect it. Nothing wrong with that. So I went to the rep market and found myself a pair because surprisingly, they were actually making decent copies of them. And I think it's a great shoe that I can wear with a lot of different things. I just like to have a piece like that in my collection. Nike is trying to give us something very, very similar, albeit in the non-SB route. And they're giving us a Nike Dunk Low that has different materials on them with some tweed, with some corduroy, some very, very much like old timey, old professor suit materials on them. And putting it together with some navy blue, hits of white, a gum sole, white laces, I actually think it looks really, really good. And if I didn't have that pair of tweeds, I might actually be in the market for these. I think they can go with a lot of different things in the fall and the winter time. I think you can even get away with them with a little bit of a more formal look. I think that they look really sharp. And I think that maybe they're for people who are my age. And that's okay because a lot of people in sneaker culture are my age or even older than that because sneaker culture has been around for 40 years. And some of us have been on this earth for longer than 40 years. And a shout out to all the old heads out there. Maybe you and I are very akin because we like a shoe that looks like this. So what do you think about Jordan hybrids? Is there a Jordan hybrid that you own, that you rock? And is there a favorite that you have? Get in touch with the show. Instagram, at FireFootwearPod is the handle to find us on Instagram. On Facebook, FireFootwear, a sneaker podcast is what you would search. On YouTube, if you are listening in the audio space, FireFootwear, a sneaker channel is what you would search. If you want to see the video from time to time, make sure to hit subscribe and notify. If you're watching on YouTube and sometimes you just want to listen, make sure to check out Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast on every single podcast app that you have. Make sure to hit subscribe, rate, review, whatever is applicable for whatever app that you use. And if you want to have a little bit of fun, at Fire Footwear Pod on TikTok is the handle to see some of the reels that I like to post. And as always, the Matty Ice Media Network, if you're watching on YouTube, the flag above my head, MattyIceMedia.com to support the other podcasts that we have, including one that I am on, 
Iceman and coach and everything we have going on at INC Sports. I hope this finds everybody well. I hope this finds everybody safe. I thank you for tuning in and spending just a little bit of time in your week with the Fire Footwear community. And fam, I'll talk to you all next week. This is Fire Footwear. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.